yoga teachers, mindfulness leaders, and energy workers. Are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? Welcome to the Marketing Off The Mat Podcast. Each week, your host, Jessica Cross, dives into conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take your business from A to B and have some fun along the way. Grab some tea and pull up a seat. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome back. It's Jessica. I'm so glad that you're here today because we have a great chat with my friend, Lucy Truitt. Lucy is a digital marketing coach, business mentor, and marketing consultant with over a decade of experience within her field. She helps wellness professionals to take their businesses to the next level with her unique expertise. We dive super deep into all things, learning to take care of yourself so you can hear your own innate wisdom and learn how to trust your gut so you can move forward in your business. This is such a good chat. I can't wait for you to listen in. Lucy, such a joy. Let's take a listen. Hey, Lucy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? So good. I'm just glad that we're getting to come together today to, to chat a little bit more. And thank you so much for your time. No, it's fine. I'm really excited about it. Yes, me too. Me too. So we heard a little bit about you in the intro, but I know that just barely skims the surface. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about your career journey and how it brought you to today. Yeah, so I guess my career journey is a little bit strange. Um, so I, gosh, let's go back to the beginning. So I did an English Lit degree and then a business master's. And then I did that sort of like the traditional thing where you like, you leave uni, you go, you're like, okay, I'll get a, I'll get a job. And then you just fall into life and you don't really make conscious decisions because you kind of just do what society expects you to do. Um, I guess you have loads of those sort of societal narratives telling you that this is how life pans out. You get this job and then you do this, then you buy this house and then all of these things sort of snowball. Um, and so I was probably around like 30 when I made my first conscious career decision, <laughs> which is a little bit mad when you think about it. Um, so I, I've always loved sort of slightly alternative like yogury type, I say yogury things, but not all of them in yoga. Like I love crystals. I love all of that stuff. Anything that's a little bit woo or a little bit like, I can't really explain that, but I know I like it and I feel it. Like I just feel it. Um, I've always loved stuff like that. Like I remember being like 14 and I mean, very long time ago. That is a long time ago. That is <laughs> um, and going to like my first yoga class and just being like, that felt like a deeply spiritual feeling just like I don't know I'd never felt anything like it and I've always loved that side of things I love sound meditations I love actually any meditation um I don't know I try explaining meditation to my parents I'm like it's like adult nap time but it's amazing <laughs> and they're like yeah no we don't get it <laughs> um, but um yeah and I think for me I was in a world of I was working in luxury goods um I was actually in Paris working for a luxury fashion house um doing marketing my background is, is marketing and um I, it was pre-pandemic just pre-pandemic I was living and working in Paris I had a partner who was CEO of a business in London and I was spending my time basically split between the two cities having spent like 10 years in London prior and um none of it was working like outwardly it was this like lovely wonderful life that I felt so guilty because I just was so unhappy um and it was just square peg round hole I just I was not listening to myself I was listening to everybody else's thoughts opinions or what I felt like I should be doing and it just broke me I just got to the point where I, my body was just like you are doing all of the wrong things for you. They might be great options for someone else, but they're not for you. And I think, I mean, in astrology, they talk about your Saturn returns, which, it, and yeah, it was, it was, I guess it was around that time I turned, I was turning 31 and it was just like, actually I turned 31. I was 
probably about to turn 32 and it was just there was just red flag after red flag after red flag and I was running around collecting them just thinking hey this is great let me make a scarf with these flags like (laughs) just fully willfully ignoring them (laughs) and my body was just like no no stop and I just had to I just I was so exhausted I was not making healthy choices and it just broke me so I quit my job moved back to the UK broke up with my then partner and it was just like okay I just need to just take like a time out I had prop what I would say is no now to be burnout where I was just just a complete I can't even tell you the level of exhaustion like if I got up and went for a dog walk that day that was a really good day so I had like maybe two months of that where I was really just recovering and I mean I think I'm still a couple of years later like there are still days where I'm like okay you still need to take it a bit easy about this because actually you're still in that process mm-hmm. um but yeah so I freelanced for a little bit and um still working with like fashion clients luxury goods clients just because that was what I knew so I was like in my mind I was like I'll I'll go and get like what I call a real job (laughs) like I'll do that in a bit when I feel a bit better and I feel like I've got my like again I was still ignoring all of those flags right like every single one I was like okay, well, I've been really ill for two months. I'll freelance for a bit and then I'll go back to doing exactly what I was doing before. (laughs) Which now I laugh about it because it's just really funny. Um, But yeah, it was only, and then, um, yeah, I guess COVID hit. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll just hang fire for a while and like, let's see. And it got like maybe six months down the line and I started attracting wellness clients. And it just felt very organic for me in that sense, because I guess that's what I started talking about. That's that was really where my interests have always been. So it kind of makes sense. Um, And yeah, I think it got like six, seven months down the line. I was like, oh, I think this is what I do now. Okay. And it was only at that point that I started marketing myself and actually really going, okay, I need to treat this like a business because that's what it is. And it was only when I started to get comfortable with that that then I was like okay I can own this now and this is now what I do (laughs) um so so yeah I I do um marketing what I don't like to call coaching so I think it's more mentoring really um for solo entrepreneurs um usually they're wellness based and I do some consulting um but yeah those are my two things really but I like to mix it in with a little bit of the more woo stuff because I just think, I think there's such a correlation between all of that stuff and your business health. I think if that's, I just, I don't know. I think that your business health and your physical, mental well-being are really symbiotic. And I think that you, you can't, re- if you're not in a healthy space yourself, whatever that looks like, your, your business is never going to be great like it's mm. never always going to be if you have those doubts or those like those sort of mental mind blocks or that sort of thing it's always going to affect your business you're always going to be coming up against it and if you're saying silly things like even if you're just not listening to your gut instinct you're always going to go wrong and I think a lot yeah. of people need a little bit of guidance in terms of not just the strategy side of it but also the almost like having permission to trust your own gut instinct. Yes. Oh my (laughs) gosh. You nailed it right there with the permission part. It's like, Mm -hmm. I love, and I love what, you know, kind of where where we're taught, what we're talking about this episode is like really like the health of the business owner directly correlates to the health of the business. And we, as, you know, as a site, as a society have had these basically like the narratives, if you said earlier, cultural norms where hmm. we learn to trust an outside source versus the, you know, how we kind of come into the world is, you know, trusting our own gut. And that voice gets quieter and quieter and quieter as we, you know, kind of move through the world and learn what's, you know, what's acceptable and what is, you know, what people expect us to do. And 
all of that, like really dampens our own internal voice. And so that also has an effect with our own health and as we were saying to the health of our own business. So, you know, how are you teaching people to touch back in with like their own, their own innate truth, their own voice so they can help their businesses? It's a difficult one because it goes back kind of as far as your childhood, right? Like, so when you're a child, you need to listen to those external voices. Like your parents telling you not to touch that because it's hot, probably advisable to listen to that. So it's, yes. it's important for our survival to take on those voices at us. But then obviously as you get older, they become these narratives in your head that aren't necessarily serving you. Um, and so I think there's loads of different things that you can, I mean, you can do, but there are some, someone was talking about this and maybe slightly off topic someone was saying this to me the other day and I thought it was genius it was as simple as who do you tell your hopes and dreams to like if you're about to start a business that you think could be a really good idea and then you go and say maybe talk to your parents about it parents are wonderful parents love us they have our best interests at heart they really do however they come from a place of their own personal experiences which they may not you know, even if they are in the business world as entrepreneurs, they may be 10 years behind or 20 years behind because that's their time frame of reference in terms of business. But also they come from a fear, like they want the best for you. So they're going to be fearful for you. So they're going to not want you to put yourself out there and risk too much because they want to protect you. So it's kind of even just as simple as learning. Okay, well, who are the people in my life that yes I may love but they may not be a safe person for me to tell things to in that until I've decided what it is myself that I'm doing yes I think that's kind of an interesting lesson I was talking to a client about that the other day um but there are just so many so many things that you can do I guess um yeah I think for me the biggest is just as you say learning to trust your gut right so like that I think is always a challenging one. And it's something that we throw out there as like this throwaway comment of, oh, you have to just trust your gut. Like, what, what does that mean? Because for years, I was just like, I knew what I needed to do. I knew I always wanted to set up my own business, but I was like, no, I'm just gonna shove those thoughts back down because they don't fit into this narrative that society's constructed. So, so, you know, I spent probably about 15 years completely ignoring all of my gut instincts. Um, and I think if you're, I'm a very feeling person, so I'm very, I'm quite intuitive. So it was a really um, cha big challenge for me because when I started my business, I guess I was in a place of rebuilding all of these things. And it took me a really long time to actually just learn how to really just go, you know, what? actually, you know, my opinion's the one that makes the most sense and I need to just go with that um for me it's mainly meditation I'm not gonna mm. lie it's it's meditation it's also diet if I'm eating I mean look here's the thing right so you're trusting your gut's kind of a challenging one so if you're really stressed and you're eating you know junk food or whatever that's going to affect your gut microbiome, right? So it's going to affect everything that's going in your gut. That in turn affects like your hormone production, which affects your mental health, your brain health. And if you're then trying to make a decision when everything's in that state of like kind of chaos, you're not going to be able to listen to your body because your body is going through turmoil. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. you kind of have to go, okay, it's a, it's, it's a process. It's a slow process. Yes. And it's a process of kind of just taking a few, few steps back, a few deep breaths. And it, it really takes time to learn to do. Unfortunately, there's no like quick fix. Trust your gut. Listen to this podcast. It'll teach you how. <laughs> like it doesn't happen. You've really got to just work out what feels good for you. I mean, five to 10 minutes a day of just like not listening to external stuff that helps go for a walk without headphones on mm -hmm. like meditate try and like just be without getting into that internal monologue in your head and don't buy into those thoughts just kind of like watch them don't judge them 
let them go past. But yeah, it's a, it's a challenging one. It is. And I, I love that you said that it's not a quick fix because I think that's what we always want. It's like, you know, what's, what's the pill? What's the thing that I can do? The podcast that I can listen to, you should still listen to this podcast, but (laughs) what's the thing that the one single thing that's going to push me forward in the fastest amount of time, like we're always looking for that quick fix. And I know that I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's just what's been modeled for us. And that's what uh, you know, marketing tells us that's what advertisers want us to know. That's what's the quickest fix. And sometimes there just isn't one. Exactly. Sometimes. Yeah. You just have to, like, as you said, kind of remove yourself from all of these external, like all this external feedback, be it the food that you're drinking or the food that you're eating or the things that you're drinking. Like, you know, I, I can so relate to what you're saying about the days that you're eating cruddy food or whatever it is for me, it's like too much caffeine. Like there's no way I can get quiet and listen to my gut if I've had too much caffeine. I mean, other than yeah. what it's telling me. Worst <laughs> as well. I stopped drinking caffeine about two years ago. I gave it up for like a new year's resolution thinking I'll just do January. And um, at the end of January, I was like, oh, I get to have a coffee. I'm really excited. I had my first coffee and I felt so ill. Like mm-hmm. I was physically shaking like I felt really nauseous and I was just like oh yeah I've been doing this wrong my body this does not work for my body (laughs) so I haven't I only ever drink I drink decaf but like it's not I know it's not the same but yeah it's um caffeine's a real no-no for me I mean I know other people can handle it but for me I'm like I just I will I accidentally I sometimes forget and I'll go to a coffee shop and I'll be like can I have a, like a flat white or something and they'll be like they'll give me this coffee and I'll be like I'll drink it and I'll get halfway through it and I'll think I feel a bit funny and then I'll just like oh no it's not decaf, it's not decaf. <laughs> and the whole day I will be paralyzed with like anxiety mm-hmm. and just it really hits me and you wouldn't have known that if you hadn't taken the time to as you were saying, give yourself some space from that like external stimulation. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's just really interesting. I don't know. I think um, just going back to like the business side of it, I think from a traditional business perspective, if you look at sort of organizational culture or company health as a whole, it kind of, we know that that filters from the top down, right? Like we just know that the culture of an organization is I mean even if you go and just look at like the um have you been watching the um we work documentary yes yeah like that's a that's an organizational culture that really filtered from the top <laughs> yes <laughs> it wasn't a great one by the sounds of it um so like leadership style filters down all the way down through the organization and it hits the client right uh-huh. But if you're a solo entrepreneur, there's or or you're a really small business, how many people are there to dilute that on the way down? Right. How many? So, exactly. <laughs> so if you're feeling a bit frazzled because you've had like a few too many coffees and you're a bit scatty and all over the place, and then you're going into a client call, what energy is your client getting? Yeah, they're they're feeling everything that you're feeling. Yeah. So they're just gonna get that it's not the best experience for them. And it's also, I mean, it's the same with just like putting up an Instagram post or like a story or something. I fully believe that like, if I'm having a day where I like, I'm a bit hormonal, I'm not really feeling it. If I do a post on Instagram, I'm like, that's just not gonna work. I know it's not gonna work. Like I know it's not gonna give people the feeling I want it to give them. So I'd rather just, for me personally, I just won't post because I'm like, that's putting out a different energy that I don't really want to put out. Yeah, I think. And I feel like I love that you said that, too, because I think, you know, as marketers and, you know, folks that do business on Instagram, make connections and, and you know, marketing is basically relationship building on Instagram. It's like there's this kind of idea out there that if, you know, if you're not posting every day or multiple times a day, like, what is it that you're even doing? And like, that is just some, yeah, that's just somebody's, that is somebody's something that they've made up. 
<laughs> like somebody literally made that up. So it's like, if that doesn't work for you, then I love it. I love that you're sharing that Lucy. Cause it's like, that might actually be better for somebody who's listening right now. It's like, oh, maybe I've just been posting because I thought I should every single day, multiple times a day. And I'm putting out the wrong vibe entirely because I'm doing that because I'm supposed to. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in like, learn all the rules, learn them that it's really good to learn them and then break most of them, like yes. break the ones that don't work for you and change them. But as long yeah. as you know them to start with, you're good. Like if you know what they are, you know the rules you're breaking, that's okay. Like I say rules in inverted commas, but like, I think it's really important to kind of know how to do it in a traditional way, but then be like, okay, well, these elements of this don't work for me. So for example, say, I mean, if we look at like Instagram reels, for example, I, I don't buy into the singing and dancing on Instagram reels. For me personally, it's not my client base. It's just not. I know people that it is their client base and it works really well for them and that's great for them. But like, I want to know how to do it because mm-hmm. I think it's really helpful. I also want to know why I'm doing it. And then I can go, do you know what? Actually, that's not for me. Like, I think anyone that comes to you and says reels are really good for the algorithm and therefore you have to do them. That's a real like red flag for me because I'm just like, okay, but one, there's not just one algorithm. There's hundreds and thousands. Mm -hmm. And, and two, you know, it's also based on like how long you spend on a post. Right. So yeah, of course, naturally, if it's a third in a 60 second reel, you're probably going to spend longer watching the 60 second reel than you would if it's a photo with a one line caption. Right. Right. But what if it was a one, a real where it's not singing and dancing? That's also possible. But two, what if it was a caption with a really like a really good infograph with a good carousel and you know, really detailed caption? Well, you probably uh-huh. spend longer on that than you would on the 60 second singing and dancing reels. That may do better. Yeah, so, it's so true. It's not just because it's like, <laughs> you must do reels. <laughs> like I love that you said that too, because it's like, you know, it's it's great to understand the, the what, like reels work because blah, blah, blah for many people. But then you have to filter it down as, you know, as we're kind of thinking about understanding our own business, our own gut and what, what we need specifically. It's like, we, we may not actually resonate with that at all. And therefore the person who, that we're trying to attract who's kind of in that same realm may not either. So if we're just putting out stuff because we think we should, where that person be like, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if Jessica's the right person for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's all relative. I think it's one of those things where, yeah, I don't personally, I wouldn't want a client that was sort of do I work with her or don't I work with her? Like, I want someone that wants to work with me. I don't want somebody that I have to convince to work with me. So true. And I think that's true for most businesses. I say this to a lot of my clients. I'm like, you do not want a client that isn't sure because that client is gonna, you're gonna constantly have to be convincing them. You know, you'll have to justify every decision that you make because they'll be constantly questioning your judgment. And also, you know, they may be more demanding because it may be that they're not sure because they can't really afford it. So they want like the absolute maximum that they can get of your time, which actually may end up costing you money. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's really probably for most people, not the main reason they go into business because it's a passion, right? But at the same time, you do have to make money to live. Yes. And you want a client that's going to suck all your energy. Yes. What do you have left for you? Not much. And, and what do you have left for, you know, I, I hope that we all have more than one client, you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and is that fair to the other clients that you're either currently working with or, or, or in the future you're hoping to work with? If you come in drained from some sort of offer and the person that was attracted to that, that's doesn't seem to be healthy for anybody. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's really a, the most powerful lesson I think you can probably learn is like the lesson of just saying no. Like, I think we're, again, it's that societal narrative where we're taught that, you know, it goes back to that scarcity mindset, right? So it's very, you shouldn't turn down money. 
that not all money is equal <laughs> in sure. from that perspective. Like sometimes you don't want that money. Sometimes it's not for you. And I think it's okay to say no when you realize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I mean, that just goes, that can, you know, continually goes back to like creating the space for us to understand ourselves and understand how to touch back into that, that gut or that clear, quiet, perhaps no, that is kind of persistent when this, you know, someone's asking you, asking to work with you or asking you to do maybe something that's sort of out of scope. And you're like, oh, but they're offering me money. You know, I don't, I don't know that I really want to teach that kind of class or that doesn't sound exactly like what I do, but they're going to pay me. Like the more, the health, the healthier we are, the more we can clear, be clearly here, more clearly here, rather that voice who's saying like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And I think that there's elements of just, I mean, it's not even whether you call it trusting your gut. I think it's basically just trusting yourself, I think, and actually going, do you know what? I'm, I fully believe that I'm correct in this scenario. Like obviously be open and listen, but I think knowing that you're, you have the ownership to make those decisions. I think that can be an interesting one. I think as women, there's elements of, we tend to look to others a bit more perhaps. Um, and I think that having that sort of, actually, no, I make my own decisions. As I was saying earlier, I think I hadn't made a conscious decision probably until I was about 30, 31. And that to me was, when I realized that I was really shocked because I was like, but I, I've outwardly done really quite cool things, but I just sort of, sort of fell in, I don't want to say fell into those things, but I kind of did to a degree. Like there was no conscious, right, I'm going to do this. This is what I want. I'd never really gone and said, right, what do I actually want out of life? Yeah. And I think a huge part of your sort of mental and physical well-being is actually what do you want? Like really narrowing that down and kind of going, okay, well, let's pinpoint this because I don't think a lot of people, I think a lot of women don't ask themselves that question. I think we're quite happy to kind of not happy. I think some people are happy to be really passive, but I think a lot of women tend to be more passive because we go along with what our partners want or you know what we think is expected of us. And um, yeah, it's actually been quite intentional about our decision-making processes and just asking ourselves, what do we want? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I I so agree that you just, I think as women, we're, we're more socialized and more apt to stick to that social socialization of listening to others in, you know, what is expected of us. And I even think too, as we're, you know, starting businesses and building businesses, it might take a little time as we were saying, it's not an overnight thing. It's, it does take a little time too to be more clear on what exactly what it is that you don't want as well like you might throw some spaghetti at the wall a few times and be like oh okay now I know (laughs) that idea wasn't right (laughs) that's okay though that's amazing I I firmly believe that you cannot fail I don't believe in failure I think it's not it's it's a social construct right so failure is not doesn't exist so you therefore you can't fail what you can do is you can do something that maybe you kind of start and you kind of go, mm, this doesn't feel so good or, oh, well, this element of it's working, that element of it, maybe not so much. And you reassess and you learn, but it's not a failure because part of it will be part of something in there will be the beginnings of something bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's no real failure because you've always learned something. Yeah. And the only way to fail is if you don't start oh gosh that's such a big one. Oh, the starting is like such a big thing and I think so many women just kind of go oh I'm not ready I'm not ready that's that's the thing I hear a lot mm-hmm. to be honest, it was the thing that I felt like I was like I'm, I want to start my own business but I'm not ready and I think that's what's so interesting is that a lot of change people don't like to, well, one, people, 
I think there was a, there's a percentage and I've forgotten it, but that's clear. It doesn't matter. But a large <laughs> percentage of people do not, are not wired to change as in the comfort zone is comfortable for a reason, right? So it takes, I think it's, I think it's like in the eighties percentage, but it takes a sort of a really almost sort of life upheaval situation for them to go oh actually I'll take a look at myself here this isn't quite right working um rather than going oh I really fancy starting a business I'm just going to do it I think a lot of people it comes out of a necessity or it comes out of a place of I'm really not happy like I'm really this is not working for my lifestyle or whatever and I think that if we all just started that little bit sooner and we're just like, do you know what, actually, I'm never going to be ready. Because you're not. You're not. No. <laughs> You'll never feel ready. If you're waiting, you will never, ever feel ready. Yeah. And our, our brains are literally wired to protect us from yeah. separating ourselves from the herd, which is exactly what we're doing when we're starting a business. So yeah. it's, it's crazy because we actually have to almost feel a little unsafe. in order in order to be seen and our brains will give us every excuse to not do that like I'm not ready or it's not the right time or I'll do it after this thing happens it's like no (laughs) you gotta do it now (laughs) I think if you feel unslightly like uncomfortable you're in the right place yeah that's how I feel about it I think if you are feeling a little bit like oh okay I'm not sure, but I'm just going to kind of see it through and see what happens. But I'm feeling uncomfortable. You're probably doing it right. Yeah. If you're like sitting there going quite complacent, being like, yeah, I've got this. I'm totally, it's, it's amazing. Like I know exactly what I'm doing all the time. I'm really comfy with this. I would be scared. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, well, it's time for you to level up then, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Time to kind of go, well, what's next? What else can I do? Yeah. Because if you want to be comfortable and like, just be, I mean, I'm not saying when I say uncomfortable, I'm not saying like, be really panicky and be very, I'm just, you know, just feeling that slight unease of like, Ooh, this is new and it's kind of exciting, but like, do I know how to do it yet? Well, maybe not, but I'm going to try. Yes. Yeah. Just having the, the openness to be like, Maybe not, but I'm going to try. I love the way that you set up. Yeah, it's really hard though. And I get that. I kind of, I don't know. I think that it's really easy to be like, just do it sooner. You'll never be ready. Like, <laughs> but I think what I'd say to people is that you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast, right? If you didn't feel like you were super passionate about what you did or you're super passionate about something that you want to do. So from that perspective, you kind of have to look at it as if there are sort of two sides of you. There's this side of you that has this sort of real like soul gift burning passion that's really excited to like do something and knows they want to create something and all of that. But then you have this very, I guess, human fallible sort of side that has really real doubts and very real fears because as you say, you're separating yourself from the herd and you're, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable for a while. but I think you kind of have to allow yourself to view them as separate entities and kind of go, right, well, I know that my passionate side is always going to be 10 steps behind or a few steps behind my doubts. My doubts are always going to be slightly ahead. Like they're there, they're trying to protect me. That's okay. But I like to imagine that that sort of passionate soul side of me is like kind of, I don't know, like kind of a cheerleader. And they're like cheering the other side on. So when you get those doubts, you're like, it's okay. Look kindly on that and be like, okay, I see you. You've got those doubts. They're valid. They're okay. It's normal to have those, but actually you can totally do this. Like, it's fine. You've got this because you have this sort of fire and it's this really exciting passion and this desire to serve others and do really exciting things. So why would you let that little doubt voice drown it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love, I love that you said that it's instead of like 
silencing the doubts or stuffing them down or, you know, completely like ignoring them as if they are not there. It's like, it's, they're a part of the narrative. They're a part of the conversation, but we don't necessarily let them run everything for us. And sometimes they're useful, right? Like they get such a bad reputation. They really do. They get this like, oh, just as you say, just stuff them down, like ignore them. Like, no, don't ignore them. Acknowledge them. Say, okay, I get that you're here. I understand. But like nine times out of 10, those doubts are just nonsense, right? So like sometimes I write a list and I'm like, okay, well, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. And like, <laughs> and then you're like, okay, they're not real. They're, they're in my head. They're made up. Okay, I've got that. And then sometimes you look at them and you're like, okay, well, actually that one there, hmm, let me see what I can do about that. That might, there might be something in that. And it could just be something like you want to branch out and try something new, but you don't feel like you're quite qualified enough. And that's okay. Just go get that qualification. If you, if you need, if you feel like you need the qualification to validate yourself and that's going to make it easier for you, even if you already, like I know people that have been teaching um, like meditation for years and they were like, I felt like I needed, I've been doing it, but I feel like somehow I still needed a qualification that I got years later to validate myself. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. If that's what you need, that's okay. If that's going to make your doubt go away and then you can like really go for it, that's totally fine. Totally. Yeah, totally. I, I, I love that. It's like whatever it is that is going to make you feel most confident so that you will do the thing that you need to do because we need you to do this. We, we need to see you. We need your skills and your passions to help help make this world better like that's I think that's at the end of the day like while we're all, why we all do the things that we do teaching yoga meditation and the wellness space it's like we have this burning passion to make the place better <laughs> than when we found it so if you need that by all means and I would also say too it's like like those things are also so wonderful and like it's it's going to be what it is you know like you it's not going to be the thing that's like going to give you this crowning achievement so you can there therefore move forward. I love the example that you you gave because it's like somebody who's already teaching. It's not they didn't wait to teach to get that qualification. They were already doing it. They, they needed that they wanted that additional knowledge from that certification yeah. that helped move them forward. I love that. Which I understand I, I kind of understand that sort of I think sometimes what I think is what I find really interesting is that having been in sort of a more corporate workplace for over 10 years seeing the difference in like men and women in meetings and like men will just go all in with their opinion and then they'll like verify that with facts later yeah whereas the women tended I mean this is a big generalization um but they tended to kind of be like I want to know everything fact-wise before I go in and so that that is a generalization, but I just think we're a bit we're wired that way. We want to make sure that we've like dotted the I's and crossed the T's, and that's okay. Like we can, that's totally fine. Works for some people, doesn't work for others. I'm a little bit of a believer of just get it up, do it, and then you can change it later. Yes. Like you can edit later. Yes. Get something done. I so agree. I think the starting is just the absolute hardest part, the showing up to the thing that you're going to teach or, you know, putting your offer out there that very first time or the, you know, the 50th time, even sometimes is the truth, but just putting things out there and then allow yourself the space and the grace to edit. It's fine. It doesn't have to be perfect to start or ever. I don't think, I, I honestly, I think that perfect is an absolute myth. If it was perfect, it would be very boring once yes. and you, you would just I, I don't know I think perfection is a really interesting one because one it doesn't really exist it, it it cannot we are all human it would not be human if it wasn't if it was perfect which means that you wouldn't relate to it right so I mean marketing is I would say 80% storytelling you are telling a story Right. So no perfect person has ever told a good story. 
because True. a story has a beginning, a middle, with there's usually a plot twist and an end. Okay, but if it was perfect, it would just be beginning. That's not a story. You can't like you can't market perfect. You you just it's very boring. Yeah. Yeah, and it, that's I never want to buy from anybody that's perfect because it just feels oh. so like unattainable and there's un- also a bit of what are you hiding yeah so it's so true <laughs> you're like it's you're like up on this pedestal and you're like oh, okay I'm never gonna be there so I'm gonna probably move on like that I'll just move on to the person that I can relate to there's that too but also if I look at it from like a, a clothing perspective so like if you look at like sustainable clothing brands I say this again with air quotes because there is no such thing as sustainable clothing a good sustainable clothing brand will tell you there is no such thing as sustainable clothing. It takes so much water to make one pair of jeans. Like denim cannot be sustainable. Just can't be. You know, even like the recycled gym wear or like swimwear, well, that's still a process. So that process is putting something out into the environment. It, it doesn't exist. And I think it's really hard. It's especially really challenging for um, small brands, like new brands to be sustainable and to be vegan and to be ethical because it's very expensive, like wildly expensive, um, especially in small production runs to do so. And so some of the best, I say sustainable, again, in air quotes, brands I've seen are the ones that are just transparent. They, They just go, we're working towards being sustainable, but here's where we're messing up and this is why. Mm. And they have that written into their marketing strategies and they've got it on their websites. They're like, look, we're just being transparent because actually we can't achieve this unless we sold this white plain t-shirt for like 600 pounds, <laughs> which right. we know no one would buy sort of thing. So, <laughs> so it's just that, just transparency, I think makes you think okay cool I get it they're being honest with me whereas someone that claims to be totally perfect I'd be like but you're hiding something somewhere and I don't want to know I I don't want to investigate further to even find out like I'm done yeah yeah that's so true I think we can learn a lot from the brands that you were talking about who are you know transparent and honest with where they are It's, it's like you know if you're you know you're a teacher listening a student is not going to come to you because they think that you're, you know, you've got it all figured out. You're floating on a Lotus every single day. You have no problems. Like that's not going to be what calls them to you. It's going to be the, you know, I, I just had a really crappy day at work. I'm, I just showed up to teach. Like I'm going to transition into the evening with you or whatever it is. It's like, they're being real. And that's, that's Mm. what, people crave is like reality from another human <laughs> connection isn't it it's relationship building and you cannot build a relationship with someone that isn't vulnerable I mean look it's like Brene Brown isn't it when you think about all of her works on vulnerability you know, it's the bravest thing you can do but it's also how you connect with other people you can't connect with somebody that isn't giving you that back whether it's a teacher or whether it's a friend, you know, you're not going to build that relationship if they're sitting there claiming everything is perfect and essentially lying to you mm-hmm. yeah. because they're scared of being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. I think we have a lot to learn. Um, you know, and I think a lot to unlearn too, as we're sh- yeah showing up in our businesses and, and, and being vulnerable and, you know, telling people that we're, we're really working on ourselves as well as like understanding our, our own health, our own gut, our own intuition and like leading, leading in that way. It's like, it's not come with me. It's, or not, I'm not leading from the front. It's come with me. And, uh, you know, I just love that. I love the word unlearn as well. I think it's people always say, Oh, I need to learn about this. And I'm like, well, nine times out of 10, you have, the answer to whatever it is you just have to unlearn all of the extra stuff that you learned along the way that was actually really unhelpful to you yeah that's so true that's so true oh 
This is so good. Okay. So if you could go back at any point in your career journey or, you know, any previous version of yourself, what would you say to yourself at that point that would save you a sleepless night or two? Oh my goodness. There's so many things. It's actually quite hard to pick. Um, the first one would be just do it all sooner. Do it all sooner. I honestly, I've, I personally wish I did this like maybe six years earlier, easily. It would have saved me a lot of interesting choices along the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I, as I say, I was too busy running around collecting those red flags and making scarves out of them. So yeah, I don't know. Lessons learned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, don't be afraid to just start. And I think it goes back to that mentality of just jump before you're ready. You can work out the details later. Like, honestly, you can work out the details later. They're not super important. It's also not as hard as you think it is. Like, nothing's ever as hard as you think it's going to be, right? Because yeah. you've already got these, as you were saying, these little like fear monkeys in your head kind of trying to keep you safe. And actually they're really just keeping you in a little box. And that's quite a sad thing to happen that you're not really experiencing your full potential because you're scared essentially. Um, so yeah, try not to be afraid, I think is a good one. I think it covers a lot. Um, also the imposter syndrome is everybody gets it and actually if you don't get it there's something a bit wrong with you <laughs> like it's fine it's actually a good thing and you need to make friends with it yeah you need to kind of be like okay I've got you you're that doubt side of my brain that's okay we'll, we'll listen to you a little bit we'll maybe kind of acknowledge your presence but then we'll just tell you to go away because we don't need yeah. you you're not helping but yeah, everyone gets it. I think this is something we don't talk about as women enough because we don't talk about money enough and we don't talk about our careers enough. We all have imposter syndrome, every single one of us. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to talk about it, I think. Also talk about money more. Yeah, just, just talk. talk. Like just yeah. get in community, mm -hmm. really? Like with other women in business? Like I love this because it's like, so often, you know, we're, we're talking about perfectionism and showing up in a way that's like maybe not exactly aligned with, with the reality of who we are as a business owner in that moment. If we continue to all do that, we all are alienating ourselves in a way that's saying like, no one else has imposter syndrome, it's just me. Or no one else is worried about charging whatever price it is because no one's worth, you know, no one's gonna be okay with me making that amount of money. But we're all feeling that same way. So get in community and talk about this stuff. <laughs> it's also really funny because it's kind of a bit narcissistic as well. <laughs> <laughs> I am the only one that feels this way. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not only, one, only me and it's like it's not it's not just you and I spent so many years being like I must be like it must be special because I'm the only one that feels this way no <laughs> everybody feels this way you're just singling yourself out and like berating yourself and beating yourself up for it I think you know we tend to just we like I think I personally am quite guilty of this I like to beat myself up like that was my favorite thing I'd be like I've done this and it's wrong and it's terrible. And, ah, and actually no one's watching. No one cares. Like it's fine. <laughs> we watch ourselves way more than anybody else does. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. I just, I have my, my firm belief is like, no one's really watching. Like no one, no one really cares about your mistakes anywhere near as much as you do. So it's fine. Yeah. You might as well just do the thing. Yeah, might as well just try it. Jump in, do it sooner, give yourself a bit of a break. Like it's, yeah, that's kind of it. I think those are my takeaways, I think. Yeah, that's so good. That's really generous. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. So how can we follow you? Like what kind of cool stuff do you have coming up? Um, so what have we got coming up? So I am launching a new one-to-one -one program 
that I have not launched yet. I have sort of, yeah. It's one of those things, as we say, just just shove something up there and edit it later. I'm uh, I'm in the editing process at the moment. So I'm tweaking, but it is sort of almost ready to go. It'll probably be ready to go at the end of this week, which is very exciting. Um, and I'm launching a membership in hopefully the end of June. Um, that is dependent on how much time I have. So that is, it's, it's essentially um like Netflix for marketing is kind of the premise so there'll be loads of really fun um like little quick snapshots how to I don't want any um there'll not be anything longer than like 20 minutes to half an hour on there because that's when your attention span starts to wane but there'll be like hundreds of videos um <laughs> so loads of how to's um lots of like little meditations loads of guest editor like sort of people in there as well how to work with your hormones I think that's a big one that we don't talk about as women enough um money mindset manifestation stuff there's loads of interesting things in there that relate to your business and your marketing um so hopefully end of June possibly July we'll see (laughs) awesome well that sounds really juicy I can't wait to know a little bit more about that and we'll be sure to put the links in the show notes so people can uh check that out and how can we follow you um so I am ibali underscore digital underscore marketing on Instagram I personally don't love Facebook so I don't use it um because again it doesn't work for me um but yeah I'm always always on Instagram probably a bit too much but yeah that's how you can reach me perfect well we'll put a link to your handle as well in the show notes so people can follow you and hang out and get to know you a little bit better so Lucy this was so great thank you so much for your time it's been lovely thank you for having me absolutely thanks again Do you love Lucy or what? I just love, love, love chatting with her. She's super fun and just a joy to listen to. I absolutely, absolutely love her accent. If you're listening, Lucy, I'm such a fan. (laughs) You're so cool. And I know that you have such great, great wisdom to share with your audience. So you guys go give her a follow over at Abali underscore digital underscore marketing over on Instagram. She is so much fun to follow. She's got a lot of wisdom that she shares over there. And I'm sure she would love for you to reach out on her DMs to learn a little bit more about how you can work with her. Also check out the links in the show notes. Uh, That program that's coming up, we'll share the information there. And I hope that you got a bunch out of this episode and learning to trust yourself and learning to take care of yourself in the best way so you can hear your own internal voice sending you so much love. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Off the Mat podcast and give yourself some gratitude for taking action in your wellness business journey. Please share this episode with someone you know who could use a fresh dose of inspiration. And we'd be thrilled if you would rate, review, and subscribe to Marketing Off the Mat on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to share an idea with Jessica? DM her at jessicacross.co on Instagram to continue the conversation or find out how she can help you take the next right step in your business. Until next time, stay inspired and keep showing up.